Hello and welcome to the Meg Method podcast. My name is Meg Walker and I help people find a better connection to themselves through fitness, mindfulness and breathwork. I've helped coach thousands of people over the years and the aim of this podcast is to help you to improve your mindset, empower you with actionable advice so you can take ownership over your health and to educate you on the many different aspects of health from fitness to behavioral change. If you want to work with me, you can learn more about my coaching at themegmethod.com. Thank you for listening and welcome to the podcast. You are just who we were missing. Hello and welcome to today's Meg Talk, which is a protein guide. Now, if you are in the older population or you're currently injured and think this isn't relevant to you, I promise this is even more relevant to you as you want to be consuming enough protein to help maintain the muscles you have. And muscle literally helps support your day-to-day basic movement. So this should be relevant to everyone regardless of your interest in strength training or exercise. Now, what is protein? A protein is a molecule made from chemicals called amino acids. They're essentially the building blocks of protein. And our bodies need these amino acids to function properly. So they carry oxygen through our blood. You will have heard about hemoglobin a lot from me if you've done any breathwork workshops with me. So protein also helps boost our immune system and build muscle. And there are 20 different amino acids in total in our body, nine of which the human body can't actually produce by itself. So this is where we have to be a little bit more forward thinking and plan how we're going to get our protein in. So what actually happens to protein once you've eaten it? Well, once we eat protein, it's broken down into amino acids. So that's the building blocks of protein that I just mentioned. Now, this process starts in the stomach. It continues down into our intestines until it's broken down enough to be absorbed and sent to our liver. And now our liver is pretty greedy when it comes to protein. So it's going to keep a little bit of it for itself. And then it's going to release the rest into the bloodstream, which then transports it into our muscles and our muscles then use these newly transported amino acids our protein building blocks to then bind to the skeletal muscle proteins to help repair our muscle tissue and build upon what we already had so that over time we can see an increase in muscle mass now a very important word i used there was time and building muscle does take time that's the hard truth It doesn't take patience though, because as I've discussed in other episodes, you don't need patience if you're not waiting around, but it does take time. It takes time and energy, and there are no real shortcuts to these two things in the process of building muscle. But you can certainly help the process along by getting enough calories, which is your fuel in, getting adequate protein as well as sleep and rest. But unfortunately, even with the best will or workout in the world, it will take time. So you've just got to keep doing the right things consistently. And the thing is about time, it's going to pass anyway. If I asked you, do you want to do nothing at all and have no hope of building or maintaining muscle whatsoever? Or do you want to do just a few of these small actions consistently? And I can't say exactly when, but over time you will definitely see some muscle growth. Pretty much all of you, would say you take the small actions over time. 
So time will pass anyway. So buckle up and let's get building some muscle. But in addition to time, I also mentioned energy because we need energy to move. And I'm sure that part you can all agree on. So if you think a car is not going to move anywhere unless you've put fuel in it, and it's exactly the same with our bodies. If we want to see a decent output, we need to be taking care of our input. You can't put bronze into a machine and hope to get gold out. What you are putting into your body matters. We need energy to move. We need energy to build muscle. So frequent questions I get about this are, can you lose weight and build muscle at the same time? And firstly, I think it's important to differentiate what most people mean when they ask this is, can you lose fat and build muscle at the same time? Because I'm quite confident if I said you could have the body of your dreams, but you'd have a high scale weight, most people couldn't care less. So usually people are talking about losing fat. So technically, yes, you can in certain situations. For example, if you were brand new to exercise and or you had a higher percentage of fat to lose, you would see more significant results in both losing fat and building muscle, obviously providing you were doing some resistance training. However, it is not easy or ideal. It would be like trying to save money and invest at the same time. It is possible, but you're not going to be doing great either because your focus and your resources are constantly being divided. And that will definitely make the process a lot longer. So there might not be any shortcuts, but there definitely are long ads. (laughs) Is that what we call the opposite of that? I'm going to take it. So let's put a trademark on it. Dividing your attention and energy by trying to achieve a lot of things at once is going to be a long ad. It's going to take a lot longer to see results and get the results you're looking for. So choose your goal, be accountable and get a coach if you need help with that, even if it's just for the start and be consistent in taking small actions. And if that goal is to build muscle, then the best way you can support that is by being in a slight calorie surplus, which means to consume more energy, more calories than you are spending. But this does not have to be a huge amount of extra calories. I think this is where a lot of people get it wrong and panic. So perhaps try adding just 10% more calories onto your maintenance calories to start, see how you get on, monitor and adapt where needed. The surplus doesn't have to be huge. Now, the next question is how much protein should you be taking in a day? Well, there are four calories per gram of protein. To avoid deficiency, you want to try the recommended daily allowance of protein, which is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. But that is just to avoid deficiency. That's what our body needs just to function well. So I would suggest that a better range of protein would be between 1 to 1.2 kilograms for the older population because they find it harder to build muscle and therefore they have a higher requirement. And for anyone looking to improve strength and muscle mass or even maintain, a better target would be between 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. Now, if you're not used to paying much attention to your protein intake, then increasing your protein intake can sometimes be quite difficult at the start. 
So my big tip to make protein easier is to evenly distribute your protein intake across the day. So for every meal and maybe even your snacks, if you have them, try and plan them around your protein source, which is also useful if you are trying to lose fat because it can be particularly helpful as protein will help you fuel and feel fuller for longer. And to finish this episode, I'm going to give you a few examples of protein sources. Again, you don't have to overcomplicate this. You don't have to have several different types of protein every day. Sometimes it can be as simple as just having a larger portion of a particular protein that meal. So for example, you might have a bigger portion of chicken breast with your dinner instead of having to find lots of different sources throughout the day. So here are some examples. If you have lean meat and poultry, if you enjoy that, you could have a chicken breast, you could have lean minced chicken, you could have turkey breast, lean minced beef. Some higher fat examples are chicken legs and thigh. You could have beef steak, you could have pork, you could have lamb, you could have high fat mince meat, or you could have duck. Some examples, if you like fish, are cod, you could have canned tuna, you could have haddock, you could have king prawns. Some higher fat examples of fish are salmon, smoked salmon, mackerel. You could have tuna in sunflower oil. Oil always makes it higher in fat. And some plant and vegetarian examples are tofu, soya beans, tempeh. You could have beans, lentil, edamame, and you could also have a vegan protein powder, or there's lots of great meat substitutes out there now. And for just vegetarian examples, you could have some egg whites. You could have a higher fat option by having the whole egg and you could have Greek yogurt and you could have vegetarian protein powders. Now, there are a few plant based foods that are a complete protein source. That is tofu, tempeh, quinoa and eggs and dairy if you're a vegetarian. But if you are vegan or you're trying to go more plant based, it's important to be aware that a lot of plant based foods are what we call incomplete proteins as they are missing the nine essential amino acids that we were talking about earlier and your body can't make them itself so therefore takes a little bit more planning if you are vegan or plant-based so it's recommended that you consider including some complementary proteins with your diet now these aren't proteins that have impeccable manners although that is welcome, a complementary protein is when you combine pairs of protein containing foods together to help you consume that full amino acid profile. So for example, rice, which is limited in lysine, could be paired with legumes to make up a complete protein. And legumes, which are limited in methionine, could be paired with grains. So trying to hit your protein intake as a vegan or plant-based can be a little bit more difficult and take more planning, especially if you're trying to keep the calories down as well, but it's definitely possible. And if you need some help with this, please do send me a message. You can use the links in the show notes or you can DM me the word plant-based and I'll be happy to help. I coach a lot of vegans and vegetarians who also find this tricky, especially when starting out, that's very common. So send me a message and I'll be happy to help. But that is my protein guide for you today. A little bit longer an episode than normal, but I get asked questions a lot about protein. So I hope this can be a helpful resource for you. And let's have a final roundup. 
as that was a lot of information in this episode. So protein will help you feel fuller for longer. It will also help you with growing in strength and muscle mass. Building muscle will take time and energy. There is no shortcut to that, but there are things you can avoid doing to stop making the process even longer. Don't overcomplicate it, keep it simple. There are plenty of protein options out there, but remember sometimes you just need fewer options, but a larger portion. Try and spread out your protein intake across the day to make it easier to consume. Try and have whole foods where possible. Try and aim for at least one gram per kilo of body weight. And remember 0.8 grams per kilo of body weight would be to avoid deficiencies. And a more optimal range will be between 1.6 to 2.2 per kilograms of body weight if you're looking to improve strength and muscle mass. And 1 to 1.2 grams per kilogram if you're in the older population or you're really struggling to get your protein up, then you could use that as a baseline. So send me a message if you have any questions or feedback. Details are in the show notes as always. Be kind, breathe deep, and please subscribe to the podcast or leave a review if you haven't already done so. It helps me keep making more of what you like, and I really appreciate the feedback. So have a great day, and I will see you next time. Big love. Thank you so much for listening to the Meg Method podcast. If you want to learn more about my coaching and access some free coaching resources, please visit my website, themegmethod.com or send me a message at The Meg Method on Instagram. I would love to learn to know you. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, I would be so grateful if you could please share the love forward. You can show your support in three simple ways. You could please subscribe by clicking the follow button on your favorite podcast platform or YouTube. You could send details of my coaching to a loved one, or you could share this episode with others by tagging me in your social media stories at The Meg Method. Just see the show notes for more details. And if you're feeling extra kind, it would make my day if you could please leave a review. Thank you to my legendary podcast team, Brooklyn Fraser and Alicia Navarro. Your hard work and expertise is always appreciated. Thank you again for listening. Have an excellent day. Try your best. Be kind. Big love.